0: Greetings, everyone. Welcome to this bonus episode of Game Nights. I'm Sean, one quarter of your Game Nights crew, here for a special episode. Uh, I want to say off the bat, I know it's been a bit disappointing, the release schedule of Game Nights. We have just, the four of us have been so busy the last few months that it's been difficult to get all four of us on a mic at the same time to record an episode, but... Do not worry, we plan to record more in the, in the next couple weeks, so the show will be coming back soon. That's why I always say the best way is to subscribe, and then you get a nice little treat when a new episode shows up in your feed. But while we're in between uh, recording sessions and waiting for some new episodes, I've got a nice bonus treat for everyone out there to enjoy. The other podcast Matt and I do called Up for Debate, uh, we do a book club where we read a book uh, and talk about it on the show, and earlier this year, we recorded an episode on a Dungeons and Dragons-themed book. It was called Of Dice and Men and written by a reporter documenting his journey into Dungeons and Dragons. And I thought, wow, that really seems applicable for this audience. So... I am now going to play for you that episode of Up for Debate. Uh, Again, I recommend everybody stay tuned to GameNights.TV and subscribe to the show. We'll have new episodes in the next couple weeks. And if you like this episode, you can check out Up for Debate. We do this show uh, every week on a a whole range of topics. We just did another book club, in fact, recently, uh, as well as a number of other topics. You can get that show at UpForDebate.TV. And now, here for your enjoyment, Up for Debate, episode number 104, recorded February 22nd. We read Of Dice and Men. Enjoy. Coming up on this episode of Up for Debate, it's the Up for Debate Book Club, and we're back with a new tale picked by Matt. It is Of Dyson and Men, all about Dungeons and Dragons. You might know a little something about that on this show. Stick around. The book club is coming up right now. This is Up for Debate, episode number 104, recorded February 22nd, 2018. reread read Of Dyson Men. Hello everybody, welcome to this episode of Up for Debate, uh, the debate podcast where the two hosts agree on everything. I'm Sean Jangs, joined as always by uh, our very own elder cleric, Matt Mariani.
1: <laughs> oh wait, I'm rolling my D20. I'm rolling my D20. Oh, uh, it's a critical miss. Looks like I have to read a <laughs> Dice Men. They, Matt... I will
0: pay somebody to get that printed on the dust cover of this book.
1: Like Matt Mariani of the Up for Debate podcast says, it's
0: a critical miss. Your punishment reading miss.
1: this book. KO. Yeah. I would much rather uh have my character die a permadeath than have to read this book. All right, again. let's we're we're gonna dive
0: in. Before we do, I want to remind everybody this is our book club here on Up for Debate. We we spend the episode talking about a book. We've done two previous on Ready Player One and on Console Wars. They were really great episodes, better than this one. So before you listen to this one, go in the archives and listen to those. They're a lot of fun. Matt, as you mentioned, the book club this week: David E. David M. Awalt's book of Dyson Men. Uh, I've got my my hardbound. I can't believe I bought a physical copy of this. What am I gonna do with it? Maybe I'll give it away to a fan. If if you really want my copy of of Dyson Men, email sign us it. up for debate TV at <laughs> gmail.com, because I don't want it. Uh, and the the the, the subtitle sign. is the story of Dungeons and Dragons and the people who play it. Uh, now, Matt, before we get into the book, this was your selection. Why this book? Why what what compelled you to pick this book?
1: Um. Okay. So really, no other reason other than uh, as you know. And as our fans know, we have an alternate podcast called Game Nights where we play Dungeons and Dragons um, and other games. But we're, we're in the middle of a uh, Dungeons and Dra- Dragons uh, quest right now. So after I finished Console Wars, this book came up as an um, Amazon Recommends. And it was like the first one uh, under the recommended book. So I clicked it. I was like, okay, this is appropriate. We're playing Dungeons and Dragons. Let's let's read this one for our next book club. So I suggested it to you, Sean Jennings, on our show the next week, and uh, you somehow agreed to join me in reading this book. And um, the rest is history. To... Now, Matt,
0: I want to read you. There's a very nice write-up on author David M. O'Walt's website about the book, and I'm going to read this to you, and you tell me if this accurately reflects your experience reading the book, okay? Okay. The Lord of the Ring meets Moneyball in this unique and authoritative book on Dungeons & Dragons, from the game's origins through its rise to cultural prominence and its ripple effect on popular culture today. An enticing blend of history, journalism, narrative and memoir of Dyson Men sheds light on America's most popular and widely misunderstood form of collaborative entertainment. Does that does that sound about right to you?
1: Um I actually read I read that exact same um comparison where you said it's a uh, Lord of the Rings meets Moneyball and I actually wrote that in my notes. Except I wrote Lord of the Rings meets Moneyball <laughs> question mark. Um More like, and this is where I was going to insert something clever and, and funny, like uh, more like uh, uh, some crazy guy writing notes about this book. He's obsessed with combined with somebody who might've read console wars and uh, wanted to kind of crib notes it. Yeah. That's kind of what I got. I kind of got it like a, like an influence, like, I don't know if this book came out before or after console wars, so I'm not trying to insinuate anything here, but it reads, and maybe this is just because it's like mm-hmm. coming off of reading console wars, but it, it kind of reads like somebody who just read console wars and wants to make it one for dungeons and dragons. But then also at the same time had a bunch of, um, had like a rough copy for another book he was going to write that's all about his Dungeons and Dragons adventures.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I described it in my notes as, uh, the annoying guy at the party. No one wants to talk to meets a crappy college essay. There you go. Um, that's,
1: that's perfect. Yeah. Actually. I mean,
0: I, I, I think the fans are going to mm-hmm. very quickly understand that we really didn't like the book. Uh, if, if that hasn't <laughs> been clear already, um, I mean, g- giving a kind of an overview of the book in case anyone out there hasn't read it, um it's an interesting concept the way it's written because it's written in a very kind of first person narrative from the perspective of the author the book opens with the author talking about his experiences with dungeons and dragons throughout the book is a running narrative of his personal D adventure with his uh fellow gamers and then throughout the book that's when uh sort of scattered throughout our little bits and pieces he goes to a historical miniatures convention. He talks about Gary Gygax and the creation of Dungeons & Dragons. Uh, He talks about Dungeons & Dragons a little bit today, but it's all sort of crafted around his personal experience. That's really the lens with which you're expected to view and then understand the cultural impact of Dungeons & Dragons.
1: Yeah. I think my biggest gripe with the book is that and it got me like reading that review. Got me thinking: is that uh, or that that blurb? Um, he never he never dispels at any point the stereotypes <laughs> of a Dungeons and Dragons player. If anything, he yes. feeds into them and and kind of like confirms them. And and, and I was really hoping at some point he was just going to be like, there was going to be some kind of revelation, and he was going to be like. Um, you know, this is a community, even though it's uh, like a dorky one, or some people might perceive it as dorky, you know, some really cool people play Dungeons and Dragons, like uh, Vin Diesel, and um, a bunch of, like, cool people, and I don't know, it, it just kept, it felt like every, at every turn, he was just like, "Yeah, I'm a huge dork. I'm yeah, really proud." Yeah, and he talked about in form of like, an, a,
0: "I have an addiction," and it,
1: it, but in like an annoying way. Yeah, in like a super annoying, like uh, you know, if, if you're if you're a dork and you love playing these, like I'm a dork. I'm a huge dork too, and I love nerdy things. And I play Dungeons and Dragons for fun, sure. I see all the Star Wars movies, sure, but like I'm not gonna wear a shirt that's like I'm a nerd or like look how dorky I am. It's almost like he was playing it up. So he was playing it up for like yeah. the audience so that they would commiserate with him and be like, yo, you do you man? Like you be a dork. I don't know. I, I, I didn't really, I, I thought that it was going to be more about dispelling stereotypes instead of confirming. Yeah. Them. I mean, I, I wrote word uh,
0: verbatim from my notes. This book made me feel bad about playing D and D. Which, which is a very hard thing to do. No, seriously. And and I want to give him a little bit of credit. I'm going to genuinely try throughout the show to do that. This book was published in 2013, which really I think this D&D sort of renaissance that it's is happening on the internet probably wasn't in full effect in 2013. And it probably today you wouldn't get a you probably wouldn't say some of the things he's saying. So I'll give him a slight bit of credit for that. But I totally agree with you that he does talk about it in very and maybe insulting terms. Isn't fair, but he talks about it in a way that you're like, does he even like Dungeons and Dragons? Like it's kind of it it gets it gets a little bit mean in some parts. I thought, and I, I didn't I didn't care for that.
1: <laughs> sure. That's an another thing I have in my notes is could have been written by uh could have been written by a jock as a yeah. like a parody almost like a Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he
0: did not make D&D seem appealing, which was weird for a book about not that he had to like write about how great it was, but and no and when I like I played Dungeons and Dragons and I was reading it and it's like I don't want to play Dungeons and Dragons, like it was very very odd in that respect. And that's, you know, we'll maybe get into this, but you know, this, this, I wrote part of, one of the things I wrote in my notes is um, using quote, using his own personal D and D game as the narrative foundation is a staggeringly bad decision. And I'm curious about your thoughts on this. When you told me we were reading this book and I have a feeling you thought the same thing. I thought this was a console wars, like, detailed history of how D- Gary Gygax and Wizards and how this game was created from the basement to accompany from its successes and failures. And I was like, yes, I want to read that book. And this was so far from that book. It, it And maybe that's one of the reasons I was so aggressively angry about it because my expectations were kind of totally different. But at the same time, I just thought it was just such an odd decision to like weave his, his personal fictional game throughout the book, but not link it. Like it would have been so easy to be like, okay, here's a paragraph about how his character in the story, you know, learns about something. And then, Oh, but Gary Gygax learned about this one. He, you know, like you could have made those things meet, but it was, it's kind of like, just, it's just taking up. It's almost as if his publisher was like, this book needs to be 150 pages. And he was like, but I've only written 70. How am I going to fill the rest of
1: these pages? And he's like, I know I'll just write
0: bullshit.
1: Um, that's that's kind of the sense I got. That's what I mean. Is like it, it was almost like he he had a bunch of like he had a bunch of notebook pages filled with a D and D story, and he was he at the same time was writing this essay about the history of Dungeons and Dragons, and he just kind of me- melted them together, in in like a very awkward and, and kind of yep. jarring way. Um. I, it would have been great if it had been one or the other, and like you, I was I was waiting for the uh, console wars like style, and maybe that's just because we came off we had just come off raising console wars, but um, just the the way that it, it's described, I, I thought it was going to be a um, almost like a like reading almost like yeah. a documentary of the creations of Dungeons, Dungeons & Dragons. I don't think that the narrative um, the narrative style really work in any way. I think that he, he maybe should have rethinked it. Um, it it just comes across as confusing. I was confused as to like how any of I at first I started look, trying right. to look for Tie back. like is he, you know, it, it, is this dungeon dragon story somehow mirroring the events yeah. in his life? Um, but then like they, it doesn't really unless you make some pretty extravagant leaps. It's just, I don't know. I, I think maybe he was going for like a thought bubble type thing where in his head, this thought bubble, like his, his imaginary Dungeons and Dragons world was um, happening while these life events were happening at the same time. And but then when he, when he kind of randomly will inject the history of D D&D, and uh, D, and D's creation, it just got gets everything all confused. Um and it all all of a sudden becomes like three three storylines competing for each other. It actually gets kinda of sad yeah. at some point. Like very sad. Like where this guy is like I actually wrote in my notes this is <laughs> Does he die at the end? Like maybe like yeah, like maybe maybe he uh is actually just kind of like spiraling yeah. into insanity. Like that's that's kind of the vibe that I got for at least um, it, it, his his willingness to stick to the real things that are happening, and, and instead he's like kind of favoring this fictional world that he created. Meanwhile, his friends are leaving him, and he's becoming more isolated. It actually got it got really depressing at certain parts. I had to put it down and like feel like that's yeah. For today. I feel
0: like in some ways, again, a book with no direction. There's a great direction, turn it into a fiction book about a player who who's so obsessed with D&D it 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 affects his life. Like that sounds interesting to me, but the book chooses not to take any single direction um and you know one of the things Matt as you were talking I was thinking of the the author of the book, a contributing editor for Forbes magazine, I think this book would have worked really well as a lengthy magazine article, right? Where you know like you read these long pieces on on Vox or on the Atlantic or some of these sites online that tell a short story mixing in a little bit of why D and D is coming into culture now mixed with his personal story. I would have totally read that article. I would enjoyed it. This was a hundred pages too long um, and did not go into enough detail. It read. You're totally right. It reads like a magazine article where you don't have the physical page space to go deep on anything, which you totally could have done in a book. I wrote, um, again, from my notes, quote, there is literally nothing on the planet I care about less than this dude and his lame friends. (laughs) I was very harsh (laughs) in my notes, as you'll
1: learn. Very harsh, indeed. Um, Yeah, there's no... There's no... um, There's no, like, attempt to even get us to empathize. It's just, you know, we're supposed to... We're supposed to, I guess, vicariously enjoy his D D adventure which is cool but then then just make the whole the well, whole book that you know just make the whole book that one, we don't need to hear about any, any going to conventions or anything like that i wrote the whole book can just be your DD. i fantasy. wrote my notes
0: it's very hard to read about people playing D and i and i i do think that's true i think mm. because it's it's at that point basically just write fiction i think it's i think it's I ended up just towards the second half of the book, just skipping over those sections entirely. Thank God they were formatted differently so I could do that. And I just thought it, it I would have loved to have heard about the story in sort of an abstract, you know, be like, Oh, we played, you know, me and the guys got together and we played. And in this Jeremy's character almost died from a, uh, this creature and then just move on like from a, a higher level, but actually like doing it as a narrative, but not including any dialogue. It just read very difficult for me. I, I could not track what was going on in the story, um, maybe because it was so broken up, but it was just difficult to, to even if you had taken out everything but the D&D game parts, I still think it would have been difficult to read.
1: Yeah, at that point, it would have just been like a right. fan fiction. Yeah, I, I still don't think it would have been able to fill an entire book. Yeah. Um, I, I I think that the book really started out strong. I think that it, um, the first chapter or so, I, I was kind of getting into it. I kind of wanted to see where it was going to go. Um, then it just it just never it never seemed to want to make that turn. It didn't really have a lot of confidence in itself. The story didn't really have a lot of confidence in um, whether it was going to tell the story the history of D anD. D or if it was, it was like you said before. It, it never really picked a direction, never really picked a route. Um, and in the end, I, I feel like I don't, I didn't learn anything. I, books, I like to, I like to look back at books that I've read and feel like I've either experienced something that I would not normally experience, or that I that I learned something, gained something from this book, some kind of insight. But the only thing I really gained here was. Um, some people are just really, really into D&D, and, and some people let things control their lives uh, in somewhat unhealthy ways.
0: I I actually find it interesting that you liked the opening of the book. It took me about two pages to hate this book. Um, and, and just, I, I love reading excerpts from the books we do. Uh, and so I want to read, the book starts out with a in the first chapter with part of the fictional story so i'm not going to read that i'll read the first like actual text of the book this is the opening paragraph i am not a wizard but i play one every tuesday night to be nerdy about it and trust me there is no other way to approach this i am a divine spellcaster a lawful neutral 12th level cleric in the world of dungeons and dragons that makes me a pretty major badass Right away, I was like, fuck this guy. Like, oh my god. It did not take me... <laughs> and then, you know, I wrote one thing in my notes. He tries to be cute with how he writes this a lot, of, like wink-wink humor. Um, even if... It, right here, uh, another paragraph down. Even if you've never played d d you've probably heard of it. And when I admitted I'm a player, your subconscious mind probably filed me under nerds, comma, hopeless. You know, it's like this sort of cutesy, like... Wink wink to the audience, one thing I wrote in um one thing one thing I wrote in my notes that I wrote too many jokes and then I quoted one where he had to where he said, um, you know, oh I had to roll a dice, you know, in geek speak, that's D eleven. And I'm like, who the fuck is this book for? Is it for nerds that know this stuff and you don't have to be cutesy? Is it for people who've never heard of these, and in which case, why would they want to read your adventures? Because they've never heard of Dungeons and Dragons? I, I I it just keeps coming back. Yeah, it's a muddled mess. I
1: I kind of got the vibe that he was writing for a mainstream audience that had not played D and D before, but had had watched movies about D and D and had was kind of familiar with the nerd stereotype because he was playing into it really hard for like mm-hmm. comedic effect. Um and and that's that's why like. That's why I was waiting for him to dispel the stereotypes at some point. I was waiting for him to be like, that's when I discovered bodybuilding. And now I'm (laughs) jacked and like, I'm super strong, but I also still love D&D. And there's nothing wrong with that, but it never happens. He just like keeps going on and on about how he's a, he's a big nerd and, and loves D&D and his whole life is crumbling around him, but he still plays D&D every Tuesday night.
0: Now, what Matt, (laughs) what parts of the book did you like? if you don't mind me asking, because I'm happy to share okay. mine, but I, w- I would like you to go first. Are, are there any parts of the book that stood out as the parts you did enjoy?
1: I, I think his historical narrative was pretty cool. I, I, there wasn't nearly enough of it. It was like maybe maybe 20 to 25% of the book was talking about how D&D started, maybe fewer, than, like less than that. Um, it, it was uh, that part, Um, gosh, I I guess some of the D&D stuff was, would have been okay if he didn't, if he didn't throw in all his like little, his little like jests and stuff and, and, and little breaking the fourth wall for comedic effect. If if he didn't have any of that, I think that the D&D scenes would have been more palatable. I actually kind of got into a story a little bit, um, the main quest of D and D that is. But, uh, no, pretty much that was, that was pretty much it. I didn't really care much for any of the personal stuff that was going on. So, um, yeah, I guess if I, if I had to rewrite this book, I would just give it some kind of a direction. I'd make it way shorter and I would cut out most of the little asides and, and banter that he throws in there that I just honestly just kind of skipped past or glossed over. I,
0: yeah, I mean, I think, you know, again, I I like circling back to my notes. We read this book a while back. Hey, I'll just read you this totally unrelated comment, but I've got many of these. All I want to do is read a better book than this. Uh, And I've got a lot of these like very not nice insult uh, comments. But I, you know, the best parts of the book for me were the parts we showed up for the history parts for example, not even just D&D, like I'm happy to go beyond that. When he did the like historical miniatures, guys who did like the 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 Civil War re- and like the history of just role playing games in general as war simulations, that was really neat. I was like I want to know more of that and he would spend a sentence or two on a big piece of of game history and just move on. It was all anecdotes, no stories. It was it was so light and surface level. He would spend maybe five or six pages on something like that. And then would spend another six pages on his personal D and D adventure. I loved the stuff about the history of dungeons and dragons itself and, and how the company was created. TSR, the company was created and sort of the event that was finally, I was like, finally the book is getting there. And, and while it wasn't the most in depth, that was the part that really captivated me as being interesting. You can't write a fiction more interesting than what happened in real life. And I, I wish that it had been more of the book I wish it had been more in-depth. I wish there had been more firsthand interviewing. You'll notice there are very few direct quotes in those sections of the books. And I don't know if that's because he just interviewed them but didn't directly quote them, or I don't know how many interviews he actually did, but this this is going to sound meaner than I want it, but there was everything in this book I could have read on Wikipedia. There was there was no part in this book where I was like, wow, this guy really did his research. Wow, this guy really went above, you know, he he interviewed all these people who, you know, Console Wars, you look at a book like that. How, how many hours and days of interviews did it take to put that book together? The stuff that's in here is so surface level and so anecdotal. It's like, yeah, I could have Googled most of what's in the book. Thank you for collating it, you know? And th- that was such a miss for me because that was my favorite part of the book when he started doing that. And I was like, but more, give me more. You're only spending like an eighth of the book on this. What a miss.
1: Yeah. Um, And I'm not sure if we, if we touched on this either, but it's his... Uh, I couldn't tell, like I can't tell. I mentioned before how the the overall tone of the book is that is very sad just kind of because i can't figure out if he is tongue-in-cheek making these jokes like oh i'm such a nerd right you, you probably think i'm a big nerd or if he himself secretly thinks that that he's a big nerd like i just wanted to get him on a on, a, on like one of those couches and and like psychoanalyze <laughs> yep. him. Because I, I was just like, does this guy really hate himself? Is that why he wrote this book? Is like a, like a public shaming exercise? Because he's talking about what a big nerdy is, and I, I thought at first it was kind of funny, it's funny and fucking cheap, whatever. But he like he, it's just the whole book is like I can't stop. I just can't. Yeah, stop like, playing D and D. I, I, I when I show nerd. up in a city I'm for a the dork. first
0: time, I go on Craigslist and find the nearest game. I got to get my fix, and I'm like, what are you talking about? It's not heroin. It's like a. But is he you know, joking?
1: is a game. That's what I don't under... Like, is this supposed to be so, funny? So that's... I think that's why I wrote down uh, in my notes, is, is this a game that was written by a jock uh, to make fun of, of nerds yep. or dorks? Like, it's almost like a parody. Like, it's what it comes off as. But I, I think this guy is sincere, but maybe is way too into D&D. It reminded me of like the opposite of um what when we read Ready Player 1, how really super into 80s nostalgia that that author was in Ready Player 1 and uh, but but they did it in a in a much more like I'm really obsessed with this stuff and I just want yep. to share it with you kind of way whereas um whereas he's just like I'm really obsessed with this stuff and it's a problem and I need help but I I can't tell if he's joking or not it's yeah and I I just kind of had that thought through the whole book I was like well, is he going to get the help <laughs> he needs or is he going to dispel the stereotype and And overcome it and realize in the middle of the book, like, you know, I'm obsessed with this stuff and it's great, but I'm not going to let it rule my life. I'm going to go do other stuff. I'm going to exercise. I'm going to maintain healthy relationships with people. Well, and that's... But
0: there's no no even remote conclusion to his personal tale in the story. There is a conclusion to the D&D tale. You know, they talk about the company today and, oh, sure. and 5e yeah. in this, which is interesting on his personal side, there is no conclusion. There's not even an admission of no conclusion. It just doesn't say anything about I, I either. Yeah. I admit I have a problem and I'm giving up D and D or you know what? I don't care what people think and I'm I'm going to go even deeper or, you know, I don't know what the answer is. He just doesn't say anything. There, there's just, there's just no conclusion at all in this. And and my last comment, my very last comment in my notes, you know, the other written chronologically, is this guy, Colon, what a loser. I got really mean. These <laughs> some of these notes, and that's not fair. I'm sorry, David, if you're listening, some of these notes got a little mean. I I will be the first to it. To, yeah. I, I and I'm not even reading you some of the, the nastier ones. I got really I uh, it I would just put down this book and fume. So
1: not so nice.
0: And then... <laughs> yeah, that definitely could have been the title for this episode. Yeah, um, Yeah, I mean, wh- one thing I do have in my notes, this is interesting, maybe a little off topic. Um, he talks about the history. One of the early role playing games was role play by mail which I thought was really interesting, where instead of being around a table, each of the Yeah, mo- um, chain, chain yes. mail, right? Yeah, uh, something along those lines. Chain Man, mail, yeah, we should do a play-by-mail campaign.
1: Um, I don't like to go <laughs> to my mailbox. It's too far away from my apartment. So, if you expect me to play, uh, it'll probably take oh, a boy. year, because I check my mailbox like once or twice a week, unless I know something important is coming. Like bills or something. Well, this is important. Yeah, but I have to. I have to. There's go an to adventure my that needs you. Like it's far away. It, it would be different if my mailbox is right outside my front door, but it's a little bit of a walk. I think okay. we're good with what we have. We're playing our, our Dungeons and Dragons on a uh, website. It's pretty cool. I don't have to go. No, anywhere.
0: that is that is technically true. <laughs> Um, I don't know, what What else do you have to say about, I'm, I'm running out of notes here. It's mostly just profanity at this um, point.
1: Honestly, if I were to keep going, I think I would just keep repeating yeah. myself. Because I think we've, that, and that's what's so remarkable about this book, is that, that it, it's unremarkable. It's so remarkable that we've we've covered literally everything there is to be said yep. about it. And it took us less than yep. 30 minutes.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's funny. I don't dislike... The reason I dislike this book isn't because it's bad. The reason I dislike this book is because it wasn't a book. It was a bunch of words strung into sentences that were grouped into paragraphs that became chapters. But to call this a book, kind of a bit of a stretch. You know, this is like... Oh my god, I feel I feel like we're being really mean to this guy, and I... I
1: it, it does have a it does have a narrative. Well, I'll, I'll defend him. It does have a narrative. There is some structure there. He is telling a story. It, it's just not a very interesting well, one, and it's, it's a story that doesn't really go anywhere. But
0: then, is that a narrative? If the narrative is so loose, is it really a narrative? You know, I. It's got a <laughs> it's theme, not, I mean, maybe. Not
1: just spewing words on a page. Yeah. It is. Uh, there were certain to a certain degree. I, I did. <laughs> this is, I guess this goes to the jarring part because if there were certain parts where I did feel genuinely connected with him. I felt like how I felt when I read mm-hmm. Ready Player One that this guy is just so passionate. But then on the next page, he would just say something so stupid and and self-aggrandizing or self parodying I'm not really sure which one he was going for. That it kind of knocked that sympathy right out of me. And I was like, oh, well, fuck this guy. I, I mean, like, it it was, I wanted to commiserate with him. I wanted to uh, understand him and be like, wow, that's cool. You like this. That's good for you, man. But then all of a sudden he would be like, yeah, well, I'm such a dork. This is how much of a dork I am. <laughs> I'd be like, just, just stop. Yeah. I think the book just needed more editing. I think if he had spent a little bit more time editing it, I think maybe maybe this whole thing is the I don't know. Fault. I don't even know I think, if he's I mean, if he published or if he self-published. I think, the, but, I think um, the
0: concept's flawed. I think the concept is flawed from day one. I think this idea of mixing your personal D&D adventure in telling the whole, by the way, not just talking about it in the abstract, but actually describing the fiction mixing that in with the history I think is a flawed concept I don't I don't think that's anything anyone wants pick a lane and I think if he had said I'm just gonna tell that the history of D&D the history of role-playing games in general I think he could have written a very good book I, I don't think he's a terrible writer by any stretch um, and I think if he had written a book of like my personal journey in d and I also think he could have written a decent book that way I think splitting it. Just left a lack of depth. It was wide, not deep, and and to me, that's that's the, just a flawed concept. I, you know, we we talked about with Ready Player One. Our our biggest criticism of that is that the writing itself, like the gra- like the actual writing itself, was not good. But the concept was good, and the story was good. I felt like he had the opposite problem in in, in of Dyson Men, where the writing was fine. I didn't have a problem with it, but conceptually, it was just such a miss that. I think it would have been hard to really save it without without really splitting the book into two.
1: Yeah, it was. It, it was there were two interesting ideas there that would have benefited from just being more fleshed out, kind of edited more, and uh, maybe maybe written in two separate books. Yeah. I don't know just uh wow what a little wide uh wide miss with this well month. matt
0: you know we have a rating scale on the show in case you forgot uh where which we are welcome to change at any time but uh we are rating books by uh, correct me if i'm wrong uh own it borrow it or skip it is our is our rating scale Um, and if I remember correctly, I think Ready Player One was Borrow It and Console Wars was Own It. Uh, Matt, how would you rate Of Dice and Men?
1: Well, in consistency with our previous two books, um, we have a Borrow It, we have a Buy It, or Own It, and now we definitely, I'm going to give this to Skip It. Uh, It's just not worth your time. I felt like, like as I was reading, I think I had the same, the same thought cross my head as you. I, I could be reading other things right now, or I, I really wish I was reading a better book right now. Um, I, I would give it a pass. You're not going to gain any useful information out of this. You're not going to be moved by it. Um, I, I like to, when I read books, I, I make it a point to read a fiction book at the same time I'm reading a nonfiction book, the nonfiction book so that I can learn uh, the information that the book is, is telling me Um, and the fiction book. So I can experience what's going on. And um, I genuinely do believe that good books stay with you in your memories, just like good events in your life. If they're really good and impactful, like you you'll definitely rem- remember your favorite mm-hmm. scenes from books as if they had actually happened, which I think is, is one of the really, really cool and magical things about reading. Um, as my PSA for the day. But um, this book had not, had n- none of the above. This book had no magic moments, no um, information to be gained. Just if you want to learn about the history of Dungeons and Dragons, just look at the Wikipedia articles there. They're more interesting, and will take you about ninety percent less time than reading this book. And sad to say what what a critical miss. Well, on man, this you one. know
0: I think I'm I'm kind of glad I'm okay. I'm glad we read it. I think it resulted in an interesting discussion. I think the idea that we would only ever read good books, I think, is Probably not accurate. Uh, I th- I'm I'm glad we took a risk, um, and you picked a book that you hadn't read and I hadn't read. Instead of picking something we know we liked, I'm also going to rate it a skip. It. I think this book does not add much to the D and D discussion as a whole, whether you're a fan or not. Um, if you're interested in, I would say overall my my biggest knock on this book is that it's not a good representation of what dungeons and dragons is and i think if you're interested in learning more about d d there are plenty of other resources for you to do so outside of this book um and so i i would i would rate it skip it as well um but I, but i'm glad we read it uh i i got despite it being <laughs> very frustrating uh it was fun to be that frustrated for a little while anyway cuz I got to laugh about it. So, um overall an interesting pick. Two Skipits for David M. Awaltz of Dice and Men. from the book club. Uh Matt we have gone about 37 minutes, which is perfectly fine. One of our shorter <laughs> book club episodes, but we do have this opportunity to do a couple things since we have some time left. First of all, uh, why don't we talk about our own Dungeons and Dragons adventures? We're playing over uh, at GameNights.tv. The adventure continues right now. We're in the middle of the Warden. Recently published chapter ten of our ongoing adventure, and we've got got no 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 uh, ideas of stopping now. Uh, is there anything you'd like to to tell the fans on this program about what's going on over over on Game Nights?
1: Um, I'm looking forward to get back uh, crushing some more giant um crab monsters we haven't we haven't we haven't published that one yet
0: matt don't let me
1: let me let me let me let me me give people
0: how about this for both you and the fans let me give a little preview of where we're at currently in the publishing schedule um we uh did a lot of fun adventures in a cave we got knocked unconscious we saw some visions uh in our stupefied state um we you lifted a treasure out of a toilet which was fun uh we found a map and we just headed back to our home base, our headquarters, which we didn't even know existed. And next week, uh, in one of the most pure, pure fun episodes we've ever done, we interview three people, one of whom gets to be our office intern. And and Matt, I think you'd agree with me. Boy, was that a hoot. That was a fun episode.
1: I think that was the, uh, yeah, easily the most fun I've had the season so far um, on D and D I don't know about you, but that, that was one one of the ones that I thought was going to be kind of shitty because we didn't really, we didn't leave the office so to speak, but it was a lot of fun. And I, and I, I think it'll be a lot of fun for the viewers too. I, I had fun um, with the interview process <laughs> Some of the characters that we brought in. Well, that's man. what was
0: fun about it. The yeah. the, the improv, I, you know, I we could not do it every week. It would be a very bad idea. But I like the idea of just breaking out of the adventure once in a while. You know, after we've we've done many hours of it and just doing something goofy and and unrelated to the to the plot of the story. I think it was a fun. Fun little break, and and I think the outcome will really surprise people as they listen to it. And then right after that, I mean, you you sort of teased what's coming up, but but we we get right back into the adventure. And after that, so we've got a couple hours in the can, and we're still we're we're still moving forward. So you can check that out at GameNights.TV. Uh, the whole archives there. So go back. You can start. We're on uh, the Warden, which is Colby's adventure. He's doing a great job at Dungeon Master. So you can go back and start at chapter one and and catch up pretty quick to where we are today. Uh, New episodes come out more or less weekly at this point. So you can check that out there. Uh, And Matt, maybe we can use this opportunity to tease our, uh, I don't know when we're going to read it, but we can tease our next book club pick because we know what it is and people out there should go get a copy and read it so you can enjoy our crazy rants and know what the book is about, Matt. It is my turn, my first book club selection uh, after of Dice and Men. We have permanently revoked your ability to pick books for the
1: book club. Permanently. I, I, I thought I was, hey, listen, I, I, I used the penalty box comparison earlier. You know, it's it, I, I'm going to take a, I'm going to put myself in the penalty box for this one. And I'm going to say, I'll sit out for a while, but um, you know, next swap I think that, uh, next flop that falls on your shoulders. Oh
0: boy. I'm on a I short leash.
1: Picking, picking
0: well, I so, think we've yeah. got a super excellent pick for got? our next book. It is a personal favorite of mine. Uh, and it's been, uh, I read it uh, probably six months ago, eight months ago. Uh, and it was uh, it, it very, I'm not the kind of guy who is like, I got to finish this book. Like I don't really care. It takes me a while to read books. This was a cannot put it. I don't want to oversell it, but it was a cannot put down book for me. It was so riveting. Uh, I'm excited to reread it to see if it still has that appeal. The book is, uh, devil in the white city. Matt, uh, and the title, um, I'm looking up who the author is. This is a, a best-selling book, very popular book by, uh, Eric Larson, who by the way is a great author and I've read, uh, some of his other books as well. Maybe we'll end up doing some here on the show cause he's done a really, a really great job with some of these, but, um, the it's devil in the white city, colon, murder, magic and madness at the fair that changed America. It tells the parallel stories happening at the same time in in 1893 in Chicago, interweaving the tales of Daniel H. Burnham, the architect behind the 1893 World's Fair, one of the most impressive uh, architectural and sort of cultural feats in American history that many people don't know about, while at the same time telling the story of Dr. H. H. Holmes, pharmacist and serial killer who lured his victims to their deaths in his elaborately constructed murder castle right down the street from that World's Fair. Uh, it is a very exciting book, absolutely based on a true story, and there's a lot in here that um, you'll you'll be impressed that you didn't know about American history. So I'm very excited. Um, I recommend people uh, pick up their copy so they're ready when we eventually do that one.
1: Yeah, um, I haven't read this book yet, but it's one that's been on my list for years, um, pretty much since it came out. It came out to a very uh, well-received... Um, reception, so I, I look forward to reading it. Um, definitely one that's been on my list for a long time.
0: Excellent. Well, and We'll, we'll give everyone a warning when we're going to actually do the episode. Uh, I think it'll be uh, probably another month or so before we get to it. We try to space these out, but, sure. uh, but I'm excited to have that coming up in the queue.
1: <sighs> yeah.
0: Well, well, Matt, anything else you'd like to share before we wrap up this episode? <laughs>
1: um... Uh, I think that now that we're done with this book, I-, I can go back to playing D&D and not feeling like I should be ashamed of it. Uh, as as I kind of felt was this guy's goal in the book, just like trying to make me ashamed to play D&D. Didn't work, buddy. <laughs> well, it is. Didn't work. Uh, nice you know, uh,
0: I made the point earlier, but I do think it's interesting. I think... Five, seven, ten years ago, if you had said you were playing Dungeons and Dragons, I do think you would have gotten a lot of, a lot of sort of scorn and and looks. And I feel like that tide's really changing as geek culture comes more into the mainstream. I think uh, it's 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 really changing the tide. And I think now now you tell people you play that, and while probably a lot of them will think you're weird, a larger majority will think, "Hey, that's neat. Tell me more about it."
1: Yeah. Um, we'll have to see <laughs> what uh, is about that. That's like, I don't things, tell people you know, I play D&D.
0: I wouldn't dare do that. L- lose, all, lose all your street cred.
1: <laughs> uh, I think that people just need to accept me for, for who I am. I'm a lover of all things. Dork nerd. and all. You know, because I'm such a dork. Because I'm a level 11 wizard. Nerd culture. (laughs) Okay. That was the whole that, book that's what, that's
0: what people come here for, you and I being a couple of dorks. Uh, and on behalf of these dorks, thanks, everybody, <laughs> for joining us on this Up for Debate. I mentioned our website, upfordebate.tv. Go there. Check it out. Uh, and get all of our episodes, including the past book clubs and really all of them. And make sure you subscribe. Click the subscribe button. It'll give you the links to everywhere. You can get the show on all the podcast players, including Overcast and iTunes. You can tweet at us, at TV and email us, upfordebate.tv at gmail.com. I wasn't joking. If you email me, I will mail you my copy of this book because I don't want it. So uh, you can do that at the email address listed there. We will be back next time with more great content here on the show. On behalf of Matt, I'm Sean. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time for more Up For Debate.